Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. With the first jewel claim. Oh, it's a photo of the Derby! The race for the Triple Crown erupts into an epic party. The Preakness Stakes, May 18th on NBC and Peacock. I will from time to time have some sort of a weird stress dream about the show going completely and totally haywire. There's about 20, 25 people in this room and none of them is Mike Florio because... He has overslept. And last night, I had one of those Inception moments. Remember that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio sure. where you're like, dream within the dream within yeah. the dream? Right. We did the show, and it was a complete and total disaster. It was off the air. There was B-roll of college basketball. So, And I don't know. Am I so awake? Now in your I dr- don't quite know. Oh, well, you are. You're awake. I could definitely tell you that. There's no doubt about it. We're here, baby. We're wide awake today, Thursday edition of PFT Live. Let me just say this. I'm always entertained by what the control room put together. That was an unfair representation. I have never been late for the TV show. Right. In Indianapolis a couple of years ago, because the guy who you saw there calling me out, Rob Stats Guerrera, didn't call me until 15 minutes before we were on the air. Oh my gosh. If he had I like earlier, hosts who set their own alarm. All right. That's I like my backup. <laughs> oh my my backup. My backup right. was Stats calling me at 520. For some reason, he called me at 545. Yeah. Well, be and probably, I know he's not here to defend himself. Yeah. Well, I'll defend that's him. Fine. I'll defend him. Probably because you ribbed him like 9 million times with jokes or anything else. And he's probably like, ah, screw this guy. I'm going to call him at 545. See if he gets here on time. See how it goes. That was a great day. One of my greatest j- days ever on the job, knowing that you were late. We had the videotape of you walking into the room late. Very calm, too. That's the other thing I was very impressed by. And you were just like, well, what's the difference? I'm 14 minutes late or 15 minutes late. Who cares? I'm going to walk slow and not work up a sweat. So well done by you. I know when the first segment of the show ended back then when we were on radio for the first hour. So it wasn't a huge deal. As as far as the stress dream that I had the other night, that, that look, missing the first segment of the radio show was nothing in comparison to the way that the show went off the rails in the multiple levels of dreams I had because it wasn't just the show going off the rails once. It was me dreaming the show went off the rails, waking up within my dream still, telling you about and having that show go off the rails, and then waking up yesterday morning wondering, am I really awake or is this just the latest level of the dream? So uh, anyway, no dreams, no nightmares, just football talk today now that we've gotten past that. You're here. I should have known something like that was coming. Of course. You're going to... You're gonna you're gonna get me to not be transparent and authentic about the stuff that happens in my life if you keep using it as fodder for making fun of me. Nah, don't I'll, do that. I'll, don't yeah, don't do yeah. that. I mean, we don't want we. we I, hey, look, we didn't make any graphics of some young kid peeing in a trash can when you told that story. We were nice to you then, so don't worry. You're good. We every now and then we let you slide by. <laughs> yeah, you know, if I didn't learn my lesson when I bared my soul about peeing in the trash can when I was five years old, so I wouldn't have to go back upstairs and. In you know the toilet, 
and miss some of the Saturday morning cartoons back when Saturday morning cartoons were a big deal. If I wasn't going to stop after that, I guess I'm not going to stop for anything. All right, let's uh, let's get started. We've got plenty to talk about over the course of the next two hours. I was on time today and have been on time every day since that oh, one moment. Man, we root against it every day. We really do. We, when well, we, when hey, we see 658 in 50 seconds and you're not in your seat, we're all like, this could be the day. Now, I'm a little nervous because I'm like, uh-oh, I'm going to have to host a show and what I'm going to say, but I am excited to be able to you know, give it to you that way. Let me peel back the curtain just a little bit more because after Stats left, and, and Stats was very diligent about making sure I was awake. It, it just in Indianapolis, he didn't give me enough time to get from where I was to where I needed to be when he called or texted or whatever it was. We tried a new scenario post-stats with Matt Casey taking the honors of being responsible for texting me a half hour before showtime just in case. And when that text doesn't come every single day, it kind of defeats the purpose. So we quickly abandoned that approach. It's got to come every day. It can't just be when yeah, you think of it. Right. It's got to be a consistent thing. Because if it isn't, you can't rely on it. And so what I rely on, and I don't know, if you, if you do the, uh, the smartphone, the iPhone, I've got like three alarms set, one every five minutes, and uh, make sure the phone's fully charged, and that's my... And, and you know what, Chris, I don't know about you, I just wake up. I'm, I don't need the alarm. I don't I just either. wake up. I'm the same way. Except that day. Except that day. In except that day. Well, you know, we were we were out late the night before too, right? So I mean, you're, it, it is like that. Late dinners. You're talking to people. It's an exhausting week, actually. But I'm the same way. After yeah, you know, you said it. We're four years. I'm four years into the show. I'm kind of a machine now. Uh, every morning, I wake up and look at the clock, and it says five twenty-four. So it's like, oh, it's 524. Okay, I got six more minutes before the alarm goes off. And, uh, yeah, you're right. I don't really need it most mornings. And the last little postscript before we move on, missing the first 15 minutes of the show that Thursday helped me avoid a potential disaster the next day because Thursday night was the night that we were back at Prime, 44, 46, right. 48. They need to change right. the numbers to single digits. It'll be easy to remember. <laughs> and that's when Shereen Williams walked over to say hello to Jerry Jones. And Jerry told us to have a seat. And the wine was flowing. And if I wasn't embarrassed or just diligent about not being late the next day, who knows, who knows what would have happened. how much wine I would yeah. have had that night. And who knows where I would still be two years later. Uh, I'd be tucked away in a drawer somewhere in the back of the Cowboys bus if, <laughs> he, I, if I hadn't maybe. been so determined to not be late the next morning. So that worked out well because it could have been it could have been a uh, very long that Friday been instead, awesome. of a, yeah. a, a, instead of just a instead of just a Thursday that had me late. By I went back morning. to my hotel. Now, Jerry didn't ask me to sit down. So I just I was rested. I was well rested. <laughs> well, well, he lives in Texas. He's familiar with your achievements there. He, <laughs> right. He right. Wasn't interested in being right. seen with you. He's an Arkansas guy. He's probably like, screw this guy. He went to Texas. That was my rival when I was in college. I'm not having him sit down. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Let's stay in Texas. Deshaun Watson. We had seen nor heard not a thing from him since he's the one. And, and so much has happened over the last two months, it's easy to forget. He's the one who let us all know that there was some sort of lawsuit that had been threatened against him or was going to be filed, hadn't been filed yet, whatever it was. That's when I first became aware of it. That's when many first became aware of it. I don't follow Tony Busby on social media. Frankly, and Tony, this may come as a surprise to you, I hadn't even heard of you before this all came up. Now, big deal in Houston but I'm not plugged into the Houston legal community or people who ran for mayor in Houston. I didn't know who Tony Busby was, but I knew who Deshaun Watson was, and he's the one who told me what was going down. We hadn't heard from him since then, and we didn't hear from him yesterday, but we saw Deshaun Watson putting in the work to get ready to play football at a time when we're not quite sure when, if, how, where he's going to play. He's getting ready to play. He's out there on the field. He's moving around. He's doing drills. Chris, and, and again, this is the first we've seen of him. This is proof of life from Deshaun Watson for the first time in two months. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, we, we are getting a, a look at him. Hey, just like, hey, here's this guy. Let's not forget about him. But I think more than anything, it's just showing, you know, 
it's it's a way for Deshaun Watson and his camp to get it out. They're like, hey, I, I know all this stuff's going on in the world, but this guy's still focused on football. You know, uh, you know, hello, all 31 other teams that might want to trade for Deshaun Watson, you know, when this all gets settled and everything like that. So I think that's the message you're trying to send here, right, Mike? The guy's still worried about his business. He's still worried about it being a great quarterback, and he's doing that work even though he's not with the Texans and has all this outside noise going on right now in his life. You know, it's funny, though, given recent developments – I know the first thing I thought of when I saw him out there doing his drills on the field, Juwan James. First thing I thought of, yeah. Juwan James. Yeah, right. Because here, here, here's how it would go down, and no one can claim that they don't know now. Yeah. Deshaun Watson working out on his own away from the Texans. He could have shown up and participated in whatever the Texans have going on. Now, I don't know. Maybe the league would be uncomfortable. Maybe the Texans would be uncomfortable, but he has every right to show up. And if you get injured while you're there, you're covered. And, and this would be, look, no one ever wants to see a guy get injured. But the Texans, for now, are staring at the possibility of cases don't get resolved. Watson shows up for training camp. And I strongly believe he's showing up for training camp under these circumstances sure. because you either don't show up and get fined and don't get paid, or you show up, get put on paid leave, and get paid. Texans are looking at paying him over $10 million this year to not play if these cases aren't resolved and he's untradeable. Hey, if, if he would suffer an injury while working out on his own and be in the Juwan James category, that's the best-case scenario for the Texans short of a trade, short of being able to get value that, for him moving on. Because your other alternative is paying him $10 million and he doesn't play. If, he, if he's not going to play, why pay him? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, it, but th that is the thing, right? Like, yeah, okay, injury – Texans might be off the hook paying them that way, but you also might be off the hook from being able to trade them at that moment right. too. So that's where that's affected by that. So uh, I, I'm with you, Mike. I would think at some point, if nothing's done, Deshaun Watson does you know go to training camp for all the reasons you stated. But either way, I think it's just, again, there's been a few positive things from his side of the camp here the last few weeks. You know, I do think – you know, his rep representative, uh, Rusty Harden, has done a good job of fighting back in the public a little bit to sway public opinion back to, you know, even or maybe even favor Deshaun Watson here in some moments or whatever like that to where we question everything again. So that's a positive. And like you said, we haven't seen him. So it's just great to see the guy and see him working out and going, OK, yeah, there he is. All right. You know, it's just. Uh, a, a check-in period and uh, of course he is one of the five six best quarterbacks of football one of the best players in the league and uh, as soon as this gets settled you and I both know there's going to be teams calling the Houston Texans Rusty Harden has made it clear that he's not going to let Deshaun Watson speak on these matters publicly and we're all familiar with the Miranda warnings. Anything you say can and will be used against you. That happens when someone's placed under arrest. But the reality is, if you're the defendant in any proceeding, even in a civil proceeding, anything you say can and will be used against you potentially. So you don't let the guy talk. Now, I don't know, and it's possible Rusty Harden didn't have the conversation about posting Instagram videos. It's possible Deshaun just did it under that notion of it's better to seek forgiveness than permission but it's it's not like it jeopardizes him, right? In any I way. don't There's think so. There's nothing about that video that you would look at and say, "Oh God, Deshaun, why did you do that?" It's a video of him working out, plain and simple. It doesn't affect his his legal situation in any way. But you don't want the client to be making that decision on his or her own. And for all we know, Rusty Harden saw it and said, "I'm fine with it." But there's also a chance Deshaun just decided this doesn't have anything to do with the cases. I'm just going to go ahead and put it on my Instagram page. Yeah, no harm, no foul. But uh, I would hope that anything he does right now, he runs by Rusty Harden, right? I mean, I, I would hope. And then I would hope Harden would go, yeah, okay, yeah, you're working out. Yeah, let's show everybody. You are in shape. You're still thinking about football. That is what you're here for. This is why, you know, again, we're in the circumstance and it is news is because he's a superstar football player. So he can't forget about that aspect of his life and, and not train and be ready and all that. Other thing I just thought, you know, that I just noticed there too, because I, I feel like I've heard these rumors, but like they were filming him, 
but there was another guy there with a camera. Like, what's are they? I I I, I feel like I heard rumors that there was a documentary going on with Deshaun Watson, maybe. But that's a professional camera. Like I noticed those from here at NBC and stuff. That's where I just wondered: Is he? Have somebody record him like that to look at technique, or is there something being done about his life right now? Yeah, I don't know. You've got a camera and a camera. Right. It's like my dream from the other night. It's Inception. <laughs> it's a camera of a guy with a camera of a guy with a camera of a guy with a camera. So that's a good point, and who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But yeah. it does. that does look like a professional camera with some sort of a steadying mechanism. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but that's uh, that's something we'll just have to wait and find out. And and as it relates to the advice that Rusty Harden would give to Sean Watson, just so folks understand this, you don't want him talking to anyone, anytime, any place, publicly or privately. The message is never talk to anyone about anything remotely related to this situation. You feel compelled to talk to anybody about it, call me, call one of the people that work for me. The attorney-client privilege applies to them. Anybody else you talk to, you never know. You never know if you can trust them. You never know if that's going to show up somewhere. You never know who's going to get questioned by the other lawyer and forced to admit to whatever was said, whether it's a, a family member, a close friend, whatever. Right. You don't want to put anybody in a tough spot. Never say anything. And I, I, I haven't heard anything to suggest that Deshaun Watson has, and he's never struck me as the kind of guy who feels compelled to say a lot of things right. publicly or privately about sensitive matters. So this all continues to go forward. You know, after last week's dust up between the lawyers, it's gotten quiet again. No statements, no Instagram posts from Tony Busby, no press releases. They had their moment last week where they disagreed over who made the first move on settlement talks. Right. Rusty Harden made it clear that he wants everything to be transparent. Tony Busby, according to Rusty Harden, wants it all to be confidential. Busby never rebutted that specific point directly. And so we just continue to wait. And I, I still it, believe. Yeah. Chris, a point I made over the weekend, right. and it dawned on me. You're not at the point where you're fighting over confidentiality of a settlement agreement unless you have the terms of the of settlement, settlement agreement, agreement. Right, right. already in place. Yeah. You don't get to that. Until, it's pointless right. to talk about hypothetical, theoretical confidentiality when the clients have a six-figure impasse. I think they had and still may have right. the ball on the tee financially. It's just these other issues they got to work out. And from my own experience, once it gets to that point where you know financially it's worked out, life finds a way. Yeah, they right? figure it, the other it, stuff it, out. You figure the other stuff out. Right. Because everybody, everybody kind of exhales. You know they take they take the lawyer face off. They, yeah, they, you're not. It's not one of the cases you're now expending energy on thinking right. about what you're going to do, who you're going to question, how you're going to question. When you practice law, you carry that stuff around all the time. How am I going to handle this case? What am I going to do in this case? That one. Once you get to the point where you know the numbers are right, it gets moved out of the category of the cases you think about. And it's just a matter of time before it goes away. So I think that's one big point from last week that we haven't emphasized here. Definitely. I think they have a tentative deal financially. It's just a question of how they work out these other terms. Is is there any way, Mike, let me ask you this, just like, you know, to to, you know, expedite or you know, you know, hasten this whole process a little bit for like Deshaun Watson and Rusty Harden, or is this one that they're kind of just you know, beholden to the circumstances and they got to hang in there and just kind of wait for details to get figured out. You know, we always say the NFL is a deadline-driven business. Deadlines drive everything when you're talking about negotiation. And the reason why deadlines are important, if there is a move to be made, if there is any concession to be considered, you don't want to do it prematurely. You want to know when the time is right, when both sides understand the time has come to work out a deal so they both move and they get it done. And something, you know, th there's different ways they could handle the confidentiality thing. They could have confidentiality as to the amounts that were paid. Yeah, right. But full transparency yeah, where yeah, the individuals yeah. involved can cooperate with the league, can cooperate with whoever, can talk about any of the details anytime they want. Yeah. So, uh, but but you don't want to start making your major concessions when there's still time left for the other side to say, man, that's not good enough. I want more. You want it all to come together and thread the needle at the deadline. And I think as a practical matter, the deadline is the start of training camp. Yeah, right. That, I would that's, think so. Right. Now, now, I, I see when, when, when you're looking at the, 
I, I think the practical deadline is probably before that if you want to have a chance to trade him. This is one where it's hard to come up with what what the deadline really I would think is. it's like mid-July, like your second thought there, like something where it's like, hey, we'd, we'd like to get this. I was thinking this. fourth. Yeah, oh, yeah, or either way. That That's a general time period. Start of July, okay, now we got time to call around. Teams could figure out what they're doing, things like that. We could figure out maybe and get a feel for what the league might do for Deshaun Watson all of those type of things, uh, I, I hear you. I would think that's got to be the time, at least for Deshaun Watson and his camp, that they go, "Come on, like, let's 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 get this going. Let's get some finality to this situation." And you have to wonder whether there's been any kind of conversation about what would be offered to the Texans if and when these cases go away. Yeah, right now. There's been some scuttlebutt, and I haven't been able to confirm this yet, that teams currently are trying to contact the Texans with an interest in trading for Deshaun Watson, even with this litigation baggage, and the Texans aren't engaging. And the reason they wouldn't engage is they're going to get a lot less if they trade him with the baggage than if they wait. But it would be prudent, I think, at some point for Nick Casario, the GM of the Texans, to to entertain conversations with interested teams in the event that the cases are yeah. resolved. I mean, they added Jeff Driscoll yesterday. They got four quarterbacks now, Tyrod Taylor, Jeff Driscoll, Ryan Finley, and Davis Mills. Clearly, Deshaun Watson is not in the Texans' plans for 2021. I'd want to have an alternative plan in place for the moment these cases are resolved, if they're resolved, so I know exactly where I'm going to trade this guy. I'd, I'd, especially because you don't want it to happen you know, in a compressed time frame. Now, here's the other here's the other side of it too, what? Chris, that I just remembered. He's looking at a suspension. So it's not like you need to have him in day one of training camp to get him ready for yeah. week one. Whoever trades for him, if there's a trade to be had this year, they're going to go into it assuming four, six, eight games based upon what happened with Ben Roethlisberger 11 years ago when he had two claims against him, not 22. Um, you have to assume that he's going to be shut down for at least the first four games. I so it's not so. as critical. It's not as critical to get a trade done before uh, the start of training camp. So I don't, I don't know when you when you peg that deadline for getting a deal done. It's valid point. You're right. It, it, it takes away maybe the, you know, the urgency there with that situation. Uh, I guess the only thing with Nick Casario and that that just pops to my mind is a little bit like of something that already happened. You know, I yeah, I, if I'm you, I guess I'd want to get or him. I'd want to get the ball rolling too, to like what you said. Get a conversation going about maybe some general framework of the of the the trade or something. You know, the other thing I would just be worried about if I'm Nick Casario is more bad stuff comes out here, and now okay, yeah, we're still gonna trade him, but man, now he's. He's definitely going to get suspended, and the team we're going to trade him to now, we have more bad, tangible evidence or whatever out there in the world that doesn't look good on Deshaun Watson. They're going, man, now, yeah, okay, yeah, we want to trade for him, but now this is out, and now we got to bring him here and deal with all the scrutiny of that, and I, I would think that could lessen the trade value too. So I, I would think you got to worry about that aspect a little bit like what happened to him earlier this offseason. We're not going to talk to anybody. Not going to talk to anybody. We're not going to take any deals. Anything, any deals. All of a sudden, everything bad happens. And all of a sudden, you're like, uh oh. Now I have nobody to trade him to. So I wonder if they worry about that at all. That any more bad news gets out there to affect this. I look. You never know who yeah. else may come forward, and the window is open until the relevant statute of limitations expires, whenever that may be. Usually, it's at least a year. In personal injury type cases, it's two years from the date of the incident. I tend to think that we already, you got, we already you got know it all. Who's right. gonna who's gonna come out and and say something, take up the position where there's some liability, file a lawsuit, whatever the case may be. It's been two months now. Even though there's no binding requirement that everyone speak now or forever hold their peace within those first two months, I just think as a practical matter, we know what's out there. But but it's a good point. Look. Sometimes you got to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, you never know right. what kind of curveball is going to come saying. your way to screw everything up. Exactly. And uh, they already they've already been plunked in the head by right. a curveball on this one. Uh, and uh, and uh, you know now they're just trying to figure out the right time to make their next move. And if they do play it the right way, 
there's still a chance if these cases get resolved, you get a significant offer because you've got multiple teams that will bid against each other and drive up the price. I mean, you know, Peter King has suggested Washington as a destination. I think I it was see Peter. That. Yeah. And well, was. if Philadelphia is in the mix too. Yep. You got two teams in the same division. Miami. This all why started they with be us there? suggesting. Yeah. Well, remember, we I, I said at one point, why don't you get Miami and the Jets at the table and have two teams from the same division? You increasing your urgency to get him because if you don't, your rival is. Now the Jets obviously won't be at the table because they have Zach Wilson, but if you could get Washington and Philly both into this, that, I hear you. You just sit back and wait for the price That's to go it. up. So there's still a chance they're going to get a huge yeah. return for Deshaun Watson if they can get these cases settled. Yeah, agreed there. And I think you could get Miami involved in that mix. If they were interested then, I don't know why they wouldn't be now. And listen, I'll, I'll throw out another one that I just think, you know, two teams that we – like Denver, of course. I wouldn't be right. shocked to hear them get back in the mix. And just as much as we've heard from David – Tepper and Carolina about how badly, even though they made the trade for Sam Darnold, I would not be shocked to see them get involved in the Deshaun Watson's too special. So I, I wouldn't be shocked to get, hear them get involved in that conversation once again, too. One thing that we have never heard about the, the Deshaun Watson situation is where he'd like to play. Right. We heard it from, Russell Wilson's agent, Mark Rogers, who said Russell Wilson wants to stay with the Seahawks, but if he were to be traded, he would accept the trade to the Bears, the Cowboys, the Saints, or the Raiders. We don't know where Watson wants to go. And I think at this point, that preference probably is taking a back seat, but it's going to get back in the front seat if we yeah. start getting these multiple teams at the table. You know, I had I had pegged the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Panthers, Washington, and the Broncos. Those were the I, I set loose odds a couple of weeks ago. So we're exactly on the same page yeah. about the teams that we think should be considered. I think so. I think those are the teams that jump out to me. I think Washington, like you've mentioned, is the team that I would I would think is really interested. I mean, they're building something there. And they got weapons there and things where you I think Deshaun Watson would look at it and be like, Hell yeah, I'll go play there. Right you know, Curtis Samuel and and Terry McLaurin. You know, and, and now Deami Brown, I mean, they, they got something going with that defense and Deshaun Watson. Holy cow. So, yeah, I think those are the teams, though. I think those are the obvious ones and the ones that would be major players in that conversation. And you never know who else may may just decide, hey, this is my chance at Deshaun Watson. Yes, my quarterback situation is set for the current year, but when am I going to have a chance to get Deshaun Watson? You know, maybe a team that was thinking – Next year, next year, next year is when it'll be available. Now, all of a sudden, he's available this year. If it gets to that, maybe you see some teams rip up whatever they were planning to do and try to make a move for Deshaun Watson. But but if they can settle these cases, I think this is all going to uh, to go quickly and he'll end up with a new team. Let's take a break. When we return, looks like they're – uh, is some news this morning regarding a continuing story. Rip up the outline, Pete. We have something to talk about regarding Ooh. the return of a former first-round pick to the National Football League. More PFT Live right after uh -oh. this. Uh-oh. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. At the theatre, more than the movies come to life, movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. 
ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. <laughs> Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. He's back, as expected, although I was starting to wonder what was going I, on. I did Urban Meyer. Yeah. Urban Meyer said Saturday we're going to convene on Sunday. Staff's going to talk about Tim Tebow. What are we going to do with Tebow? Monday, crickets. Tuesday, crickets. Wednesday, crickets. Thursday morning, Shefty reports. Tim Tebow signed his contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's now a tight end. He's now spot number 90. On the roster. I counted them up last night and I checked it twice. They had 89 guys as of last night. Today they've got 90. And Boom. they're boasting near perfect attendance at the offseason program. Tebow's going to be there. I still don't understand two things, Chris. Yeah. Why wasn't he there on a tryout basis for rookie minicamp? Get him out there against something other than no one. Let's see what he looks like running around on a football field with guys more than a decade younger than him. And then why wasn't he there for Monday when phase two of the offseason program began? He missed three days of work that would have been very helpful to a guy who's trying to compete for a roster spot. Then again, I don't know how much of a competition it is. I still predict he's going to have a spot on the practice squad and he's going to be a guy that gets called up on game days. They're going to put him in that jersey. I did think, I did think that they were waiting to do something with Gardner Minshew so they could give Tebow number 15. They don't have to give him a number right away. Yeah. It, 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 oh, it will be it, interesting it'll to happen. see. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, I would think maybe Gardner Minshew is is in trouble there to a degree anyways. You know, they do have Jake Luton, Luton who played last year and did a good job too, so they might feel comfortable with him as a backup. I, I don't know. But you're right. That time could come to where 15 becomes available, and they do have C.J. Beathard too. So they have wiggle room to get rid of Gardner Minshew. If there's a team out there that goes – wait, we have a good starter, we're a Super Bowl team, we don't have a good backup, Gardner Minshew is going to be one of the guys that gets called if there's a team looking for that. And then 15's available, and now we start Tebow man mania, and you know the Khan family makes $97 million on the first day because the 90th guy on the roster is wearing 15. So that's how it'll work. I've heard all sorts of different theories and ideas and the cons pushing this and how much of this is Meyer. And look, the bottom line is I got to think it's Urban Meyer. Meyer. Urban Meyer is the only coach that was going to give Tim Tebow a job. That's what it comes down to. We right. made that argument a week or two ago. Yep. Or at least I did. I don't know whether you agree with me or not. If I Jim do. Harbaugh had become the coach of the Jaguars, maybe that's when we would have seen Colin Kaepernick get back in because Harbaugh has been the one guy, the one coach who has consistently praised Kaepernick over the last four years. Now, I don't know, maybe Khan wouldn't have gone for it. Maybe the local fans would have rebelled. But with Tebow, it's a no-brainer. Meyer's the one guy that would want him. The Jacksonville fan base will embrace him. They're going to sell jerseys and tickets, even though there's no guarantee he's going to be in uniform when the regular season rolls around. And now we move forward and we see what he can do, what he has. There's only so much of practice that the media is going to be able to see. And, and you know, the other question is, what kind of eye-rolling are we going to see in the locker room? As, as Greg McElroy pointed out, the former Jets backup quarterback who lived through Tebow mania with the Jets, yeah. the fourth or fifth string tight end, gets all this attention, all these interview requests, all this buzz. You know, ESPN is going to descend on that place. What a shock that ESPN reported this. He works for ESPN. Right. They're never going to say anything negative. Exactly right. Listen, I can tell you from experience, too, the year after I left the Denver Broncos, they drafted Tim Tebow. He rubbed a lot of people raw in that locker room. He made himself available as the second and third string backup, a quarterback, to the press every day and had and made him like that's just kind of a no-no you're not playing you're not doing anything the guy that's starting is the guy that's there we don't need a narrative around you who's not doing anything that it bothered people there then they had the the billboard up that said start Tim Tebow over Kyle Orton he never made a comment to say oh no Kyle's a starter nothing 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 so listen ever since that you know me I was off that wagon in a hurry and yeah we're gonna see where this goes it's this is to me crazy but Urban Meyer is so indebted to this guy. It's as, as much as I've ever seen any coach with an athlete ever, really. I can't really ever remember anything he does. I mean, it was like, he's my son on the sidelines back in Florida, and we're going to like hug you, and we're going to rub heads together. 
like you're my little kid. Hey, Percy Harvin ran 90 yards. Aaron Hernandez got a ball down to the one-yard line. Tebow, you run it in, and we'll act like you did the whole drive. That's just the way it's been. And so that's where uh, it, it's going to be dicey, in my opinion. And, Mike, you brought up, like, the rookie minicamp and missed reps and things like that. To me, the thing that jumps out of my head why they didn't do that is the very reason you don't really want to sign them to the team. Because why? What would have happened if Tim Tebow was at rookie minicamp? What would have happened? Like, what do you think? Uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence would have thrown him a pass that bounced off his helmet. <laughs> well, that would have happened. But they then we would have, yeah. like, saw three balls that he caught, and that's all we would have talked about. And then it would have yeah. been yeah. Sports Center. That's all they show. And it's like, oh, wait, they drafted Trevor Lawrence? I forgot. Like, damn, I thought Tebow was doing everything on the team. And, that, I mean, I would think that would be part of the reason maybe you didn't see him this weekend. So I don't know. Well, it's this is going to be a great and, and experiment. Isn't, isn't that isn't that reason enough? To just not to do say it? no. Isn't isn't that reason enough? If you can't bring this guy who you genuinely believe, let, let's give Urban Meyer the benefit of the doubt just for a few minutes. He genuinely believes that the rest of the league, every other coach that's been in the NFL since 2012, has gotten it wrong. That this is a guy who can contribute. This is a guy who, even though he's going to be 34, I think in August. Uh, this is a guy who who can he's, he's in great shape, awesome shape, great ball skills, all the stuff we heard from Urban Meyer. Um, yeah, well, the fact that you would have to deny him opportunities to come in and commence his effort to prepare to play a position he's never played before except when the ball bounced off his helmet uh, during the 2012 season with the Jets, you can't do it because you don't want him to hijack your rookie minicamp. Right. And you, you don't want the reporters figuratively brushing by Trevor Lawrence the way they literally brushed by Joe Montana at media day at the Super Bowl 10 years ago in Indianapolis. I saw it, folks. Joe Montana's getting pushed out of the way as people flocked to follow Tim Tebow wherever he went. Right. It was amazing. That's what is coming into the locker room. So – Congratulations and condolences all in one if you're an Arden Jaguars fan because I don't know how much this helps, but I know how it can it can go wrong. And right. I don't know why you want to invite that element into your locker room. I don't know why you feel compelled to do this at a time when the focus is changing the culture, Turning the page, yeah. moving in the right direction with Trevor Lawrence. Right. I don't know why in the hell you would want to undermine that vibe in any way, shape, or form with Tim Tebow. Sorry. Look, hey, you can disagree with us all we want, but we're not here to say anything other than what we believe. And we, we established this earlier in the week. Yeah. It would be a hell of a lot more fun if Chris and I were at odds, like first take on this. He takes pro Tebow. I take anti-Tebow, and we go make some good TV by pretending we truly care about issues we may not truly care about. We both believe this is a mistake. We both believe this is gratuitous. We both believe this is cronyism to the point of nepotism, if Meyer views Tebow as an unofficial son, that this isn't about merit. This isn't about one of the 200 or no 90th best, 2,880th best football players. in, in No, this is a spot being given to a guy for reasons other than merit. And uh, you can either say it and believe it. You don't have to believe it. We believe it, so we're going to say it. Yeah, uh, that, that's right. I mean, yeah, we, we believe it. We follow the league. I mean, we've seen things like this before where it's not necessarily a good thing for a football team. I can speak from my own experience being in a locker room or anything like this. Yeah, like, hey, uh, that like you, you, you laid it out there. You're trying to – set a new culture you're trying to make your mark in the NFL like definitely going to have guys in the locker room this week now that are going to have a little resentment towards Urban Meyer and they're gonna be like what the hell why is this guy here why are we why did he do this and they're gonna make it's gonna make them think twice about it and reevaluate Urban Meyer that's to me the biggest risk he's taking in this that's really what it is you're gonna have guys in this locker room going man what's this guy all about why is he doing him favors and why is our locker room or the media sessions so much more crazy now and one guy that's not going to do anything getting all the attention? Uh, that, that creates resentment. There's no other way around it. It's the same thing as like a quarterback can be resented in a locker room because he gets too much attention. Now think about a guy who's not the quarterback, not very good, and now he's getting all the attention. You know, that's going to just – it's going to piss off everybody. Sorry, Liverpool. 
and you know, I, I'm trying to spin this forward. Look, one of the reasons why teams stayed away from Tim Tebow a decade ago was if you had him on your depth chart as a quarterback. One problem was he was a crappy practice practice player. quarterback right. all the way back to high school. Horrible in practice. Somehow got it together on game day. I heard stories about when he was at Florida. They would be, you know, Thursday, Friday of the week before game on Saturday. Saying, what in the hell? Are, what? Oh, my God. What in the hell are we going to do? And then right. on Saturday, it would all fall together. Yeah. But he's not going to help get your other players ready for a game. He's not going to be a good scout team quarterback. He's going to be throwing balls over the head and, 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 and bouncing them to receivers throughout the practice week. And beyond that, you don't want to have this national group of fans who are rabid pro Tebow, who are blind to realities like, you know, he can't throw. He can't play at the level that he needs to. Yeah, he can somehow pull a rabbit out of his butt late in a game if the game's close enough, uh, but that that's not enough to sustain a career. You're going to have those folks saying, this guy should be playing quarterback. This Where's the Tebow package? Why isn't Tebow in shotgun? That's right. Wait, we've, we've, we've seen all these other teams have these packages. Tim Tebow's perfectly capable to come in and take a shotgun snap and run it into the end zone to throw a little pass to a guy running out to the flat. Why aren't we doing it? We want Tebow. We want Tebow. We want Tebow. I, 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 look, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure that Urban Meyer appreciates the box full of Pandora. Yeah, he's, he's about open. to open. Oh, man, you're right. I mean, there's all sorts of Pandora. Oh, in that she's box. in there. Lots of everybody is a lot of crap. You're going to have to deal with You're right. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm with you. And especially, Hey, in that part of the country too, you know, again, it's, it's him being unleashed in, in Gator territory there, sec country. This is not, you know, the New York jets or Denver that's far away from that. So I would think the fan base and, you know, the wanting of him is going to be even more rabid than we've seen in the other spots. And that, to me, is scary as well. So we'll see. I'm very interested to see how this plays out, what he looks like at the tight end position. I know the Jags are not strong at that position, yes, but I don't look at that and go, well, now now they're a little better. They got Tebow, right? So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, this is going to be like soap opera TV here going in through the training camp. And there's now reason for us in the media to study Every press conference that is conducted with Meyer, with Trevor Lawrence, with any other player who's available to the media, and it's not just read the transcript, it's watch the video. Yeah. When the Tebow question is asked, inevitably of everyone, can they control themselves or is it going to be, you know, or any any tell, the scratch of the face, anything. Because Trevor Lawrence, I guarantee you, has no desire to talk about Tim Tebow. And anyone else on the team is going to have no desire to talk about Tim Tebow, other than maybe once. But but even then, th- this is a guy who last played in the NFL when Trevor Lawrence was in middle school, for crying out loud. Now, some of these guys may idolize him. Some of these guys may, te- may be Tebow maniacs. I, you know, I remember when Mike Vick was late in his career. One of the concerns about making him a backup with the team was there were so many guys in the locker room who grew up idolizing him that from within the team, they were worried there was going to be a push. Vic should be the quarterback. Vic should be the quarterback. We want to play with Mike Vic. Right. I don't think that same mentality is going to be in the no. Jaguars locker room. But, no. But regardless, it's going to be great theater. I'm not – hey, look, I'm not complaining no, about it, folks. It's yeah. good for business that they did it. I don't think they should have done it. But from a business standpoint, full transparency, I'm glad they did. Yeah, I'm sure you are. I mean, and that's I guess that's why they're doing it to a degree, too. But like, you know, you kind of said it about the fan bases and things like that. Like, I mean, that's what's going to happen. I mean, we've already seen this happen. We saw it the first time around. Listen, I was being sold the same bullcrap, horrible (laughs) bullcrap goods four years ago with baseball oh I think he'll make a roster I think he might get called up oh yeah he's batting 92 is he gonna get called up he's batting .092 but you couldn't tell the fan base that (laughs) he's still working on it he might get called up next year it's the same thing that's where I want to go it's like oh okay you know that's where that's where it bothers me is just that it's like hey you failed Better job. Here you go. Hey, you failed. Here's a better one. 
and that's going to rub people wrong in the locker room too. I, I I'm not I'm not specifically confident in my recollection of his baseball statistics. I've got them in front of me now, but my general my general vague sense was he would hit a home run in his first at bat at every level and then strike out 50 straight times. That's kind of how it and no one And no one paid attention to the strikeouts. No. It was just the fact that he had a home run in his first at bat, right. whether it was sub-single-A, single-A, double-A, triple-A. And they were, they were bound and determined to get him to the major league roster. And at least there was some acknowledgement. <laughs> Stop it. That's wrong. For the record, I disagree with that. <laughs> actual footage pete says but uh i you know i and and, and people got mad about that I, I it was like this extended tim tebow fantasy baseball camp that yeah. lasted for multiple years because uh -huh. he sold jerseys he sold tickets people cared about those minor league teams because it was tim tebow yes and uh uh oh well jaguars hey look welcome have fun yeah. because i know we will that's all I can say. That's all we can say. We'll see where it goes. Uh, it's crazy, crazy set of circumstances there. And a team that I'm excited to see before all this. Now this gets thrown into it. You know, I mean, talk about a wrench. I'm just, I, I want to see, like you said, how everybody handles it, the circus around it uh, for a young football team and a new head coach. It's certainly not going to make it any easier. I do want to be fair to Tim Tebow. 2016 yeah. with Scottsdale, he batted 194 below the Mendoza line. 2017 with two different teams, he batted 226. 2018, he batted 273. That's in double A ball. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Triple his triple A experience in 2019, he batted 163. Um, so, you know. Yeah. Again, so so at least it was better than what I said. Embellished, range. right? At yeah. least he was within range. Right. And his total home runs were 18 in minor league baseball, and strikeouts 347. Is that good? I don't think so. 347 strikeouts numbers, and 18 home runs. I don't think so. I don't think that's exactly the balance you're looking for. Now it is a strikeout homer. I'm no baseball expert, anymore, but yeah, that's not not the one you're looking for. So, anyway. Look, I, I, we're not trying to urinate on the guy's dreams. Because that's the argument I get. What's wrong with the guy having a dream? What's wrong with the guy trying to prove Because this is a zero-sum game. You got 90 spots on the roster. Someone else's dream necessarily is short-circuited by that's this. There's the somebody else thing. out there more right. deserving. Right. Somebody else who hasn't had things. And I don't want to say handed to him. I, I don't know what else. But in the sports world, that's what it say. is. For a sports version, it's handed to them. That's, yes, that, that's the way to say it. I agree with that. We're, we're led to believe it's a meritocracy. And we, we love the stories of the guys who, against all odds, fight and scratch and claw their way onto a roster. There is a person who is going to lose his ability to do that because that opportunity to come in as the 90th guy on the roster and catch Urban Meyer's eye and work his way up the depth chart and maybe ultimately make it to the roster, that's now gone. And that's one of the things I always say when we get so obsessed with second chances. After the athlete has fallen from grace due to some misconduct that he engaged in, well, you know, he's entitled to a second chance. Okay, fine, but he's taken away someone else's first chance. If you're comfortable with that, if you're comfortable with someone else on the roster who's never done anything wrong, being told to pack up his stuff and get the hell out of here because the guy who squandered his first opportunity is now deemed to be worthy of a second one, that's fine. But let's call it what it is. Let's remember what it is. And what it is in this context yep. is someone being handed something that someone else deserves if we're going to do it based on merit. Plain and simple, Chris. Well said, Mike. I got, I got nothing else to add to that, and I think you said it, and I've said all I can say without being any more of a jerk on this subject. All right, uh, and uh, thanks to today's development, we'll have occasions to talk about Tim Tebow uh, into June and maybe into August and maybe into September and maybe beyond. We'll see. When we return, more information on that unusual twist in the Antonio Brown saga that emerged yesterday morning. Jason Light, the GM of the Bucks, had things to say about Brown's status with the team. We'll talk about that when PFT Live continues right after this. We spent some time yesterday talking about Antonio Brown's status with the Buccaneers because Bruce Arians, appearing on the Pewter Report podcast, said that Arians 
has not yet officially added Brown to the roster because Brown hasn't passed a physical. Arians also said that Brown had surgery on Tuesday, arthroscopic knee surgery, to clean up whether it was the injury that he suffered in the postseason or something that's happened since then. Arians didn't elaborate. I asked some questions to the Buccaneers after the, the show ended yesterday. They didn't want to elaborate. Well, in the interim, Jason Light, the GM of the Buccaneers, was on a radio show or a podcast with our Kaufman of JoeBucksFan.com. Light said he's not concerned about Antonio Brown. The plan all along is to have him come in. I think he is coming in Monday to sign. That would assume that everything went well with the surgery that he had on Tuesday. It's a six-day turnaround. He's got to pass a physical, though, Chris. So there was enough yesterday to make us think something could be up. Today, based upon what Jason Light had to say, I no longer have that feeling. But until he's signed, until he passes the physical, until he's on the roster, there's a chance he won't be. And uh, we laid out the scenario. The word got out the day before the draft. They traded up in round four to get another receiver. They have plenty of great receivers. They really don't need Antonio Brown. And uh, until he's officially on the roster, he's not. We'll just see what happens on Monday. Yeah, I, I mean, you will. I mean, it, definitely weird. The the set of, set of circumstances, like we talked about, even weird that he's, you know, having surgery this late in the game and everything like that. But, I mean, just from what Light said, it sounds like they were very aware of the situation and what's going on. You know, it is a, you know, a laparoscopic type surgery or, so, you know, of that nature too. So they must not feel that it's like real concerning and going to affect them you know, in totality as far as training camp and the season and all those type of things. But, you know, more and more just the what I do think about it is just the aspect of like kind of what we talked about yesterday a little, Mike, with this is I, I just got to think this is a guy that's he, he's in the trust tree with Brady. Brady wants him there. And I would think it's on like some of those plays and routes that we talked about a little yesterday where it's like, hey, I got to trust this guy that he understands coverages, leverage, understands what to exactly do it's he can run three different routes according to the coverage and Antonio Brown of course as much as he's played and is as good as he is and the student of the game and everything like that I think that's where his niche is in this offense and where Brady really probably pounds the table to make sure that he's there and a part of the roster yeah I think you're right and I, I think that he ultimately will be there it's just very unusual to have the word yeah. come out when it did and then he's not on the roster. They never announced it. They're waiting for him to be able to pass a physical. And I asked them specifically, did he pass his exit physical? Has he already taken a physical since agreeing to terms and failed it? And they declined to answer that. I, I, I think that they, the sense I got, they, they probably weren't thrilled that Arian said what he said, that they yeah. usually don't delve into those kinds of things. Right. But, but he, hey, I, as I told the Buccaneers, he opened the door. I'm just poking my head through it. I'm curious. It raised curiosity. They can't complain about it because if he just hadn't said anything, we wouldn't have known a damn thing about it. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, you've got three quarterbacks taken in round one in 2018 who are up for new contracts. Cautionary tales were provided by two of the quarterbacks who got contracts after three years taken in 2016, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. How much are the Browns looking at what happened with Goff and Wentz and deciding what to do with Baker Mayfield? We'll delve into that when PFT Live continues right after this. 